You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life, drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so glad you're here. We've got an action-packed show for you tonight. First, I want to give you five easy steps that will energize your surroundings to make life go a little smoother for you. And as it goes smoother for you, guess what? It's also going to shift the planet, too. And then I got a wonderful and brilliant gal to talk with because she claims that the law of attraction is not working for her. Sound familiar? (laughs) Yep. I've been there many times myself. And so have you. So we're going to have a great fun time tonight. But before we begin with the five steps, I wanted to talk to you about this really neat article in the February issue of Law of Attraction magazine. It's all about rethinking short hair. Now, you all remember the biblical story of Samson and Delilah and how Samson got so much strength because of his hair. And when Delilah cut his hair, he not only lost his strength, he also went blind. Well, it turns out that there could be something to this story. Long hair appears to be the antenna to the pineal gland, which is your third eye, or better put, your connection to the universe. That's why I always talk about decalcifying the pineal gland, because this is where intuition comes from. The bones in the forehead are porous and function to transmit light to the pineal gland, which affects brain activity as well as thyroid or sexual hormones, is very important. And cutting the bangs which cover the forehead impedes this process. But there's something more to this story that suggests hair is vital to our intuition. Now listen to this. The Vietnam War Special Forces in the War Department had sent undercover experts to comb Native American reservations looking for talented scouts for tough young men trained to move stealthily through the rough terrain. They were especially looking for men with outstanding, almost supernatural tracking abilities. Before being approached, these carefully selected men were extensively documented as experts in tracking and survival. Once enlisted, an amazing thing happened. Whatever talents and skills that they had possessed on the reservation seemed to mysteriously disappear as recruit after recruit failed to perform as expected in the field. So what happened to these talents and skills? Well, when questioned about their failure to perform as expected, the older recruits replied that when they received their required military haircuts, they could no longer sense the enemy. They could no longer access a sixth sense. Their intuition was no longer reliable and they couldn't read the subtle signs as well as to access extrasensory information. So the testing institute recruited even more Native American trackers. They let them keep their long hair and tested them in multiple areas. Then they would pair two men together who had received the same scores on all the tests. But one set had their hair cut and the other didn't. So they started performing tests of the recruits sleeping out in the woods. An armed enemy approaches the sleeping man, and the long-haired man is awakened out of sleep by a strong sense of danger and gets away before the enemy closes in. But the ones that had their hair cut totally lost their intuitive ability to sense danger approaching. Isn't that fascinating? 
Now, the science of hair was one of the first technologies given by Yogi Bahang when he came to America. The yogi explained that if you choose to cut your hair, you not only lose this extra energy and nourishment, but your body must then provide a great amount of vital energy and nutrients to continually regrow the missing hair. In addition, hairs are the antenna that gather and channel the sun energy or prana to the frontal lobes which happens to be the new brain the part of the brain that you use for meditation and visualization these antennas act as conduits to bring you greater quality of subtle cosmic energy you know it actually takes approximately three years from the last time you cut your hair for the new antennas to form at the tips of the hair Therefore, hair is an extension of the nervous system. It can be correctly seen as exteriorized nerves, a type of highly evolved feelers or antenna that transmits vast amount of important information to the brainstem, the limbic system, and the neocortex. Not only does hair in people, including facial hair in men, providing an information highway reaching the brain, hair also emits energy. The electromagnetic energy emitted by the brain into the outer environment. And this can be seen by the Curlian photography when a person is photographed with long hair and then re-photographed with the hair cut. This shows that your aura is diminished and the energy surrounding the body is totally different than prior to getting the hair cut. When the hair is cut, receiving and sending transmission to and from the environment are greatly hampered. This results in um, numbing out. Cutting of the hair is also a contributing factor to unawareness of environmental distress in the local ecosystems. It is also a contributing factor to the insensitivity in relationships of all kinds. It contributes, get this, to sexual frustration. Now, maybe it's time that we rethink about the power of the human hair to connect to the intuitive and spiritual realm. You know, this is so fascinating. And it could represent the reason why men and women are so different, where society today actually doesn't prefer to have the men with long hair, and yet it is very acceptable for women to have long hair. And it could actually explain the male aggressiveness because of the lack of connection. So there's a whole slew of things that we could look at and actually see, well, wait a minute, maybe the men need to grow long hair. Many men in the metaphysical world have long hair and can actually connect to higher realms through the pineal gland. This is so fascinating, and I would love, love, love to see more scientific documentation on this. Now, wouldn't it be fascinating if everyone grew their hair out and we could actually shift the planet by the connection through the long hair? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> what an easy solution to the world's problems. <laughs> I love it. I find it fascinating that I actually started growing out my hair last year and refused to get it cut. And I've surprised myself by how my intuition has blossomed into something that is remarkable. So I think that for me personally, this article rings true. So with that, let's take a fast break and we'll be right back with five wonderful steps that are going to help you live your life to the fullest. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. Okay, we are back. Let's talk about the energy called the collective consciousness. Now, the more people we can connect with vibrationally, the bigger the impact we will have on the world in all countries of the world, and for that matter, the entire planet and even the universe. You know that you are part of the collective consciousness, which you could simply visualize as a massive energy ball surrounding the planet. And it's actually what is influencing your everyday thoughts and feelings. So I know many of you have felt sad or hopeless because you are very sensitive to this energy. Truthfully, we are all sensitive to this energy because you can just see what is happening in the world today, right now. The same energy here in my local environment in Southern California is the exact same energy that is in Iraq or Russia or China or Israel or Gaza or even Ferguson, Missouri. We are all being influenced by this collective consciousness because it is the energy field that is influenced by like-minded emotions, not just positive emotions and not just negative emotions, but the good positive are mingling together and the negative are mingling together. And at this particular time in history, the negative emotions are really becoming more dominant, which is affecting each one individually, keeping us in a stressful environment and not being confident of what the future holds. Every second of every day, you are contributing to this energy with positive and negative emotions. Today, by what we are experiencing with the wars and killings and the state of economy, well, it's based on how much negative energy that we are contributing to it. And even though we don't recognize that we're doing that, we are, in fact, playing into it. We have to recognize our part in this. So now we must be vigilant in monitoring our thoughts, our words, and our actions to build up more wonderful positive energy to counteract all the lower emotions that has grown into this dominating force to be reckoned with. So my wonderful Law of Attraction practitioners, I'm calling on you to not only shift yourself, but to shift the world. Recognize your importance to the collective consciousness. Now, when you create and manifest something that you desire, you are, in fact, empowering the energy to shift in the atmosphere, in the collective consciousness. You must create bigger and better things for you. If you are feeling unworthy of creating that which it is you want, you are in fact feeding those emotions into the massive energy bubble. And when you're sad or depressed or uptight or angry, you again are feeding into that massive energy bubble. The more you create the things that you desire, and the more positive, happy, joyful feelings that you're putting into the atmosphere, it will actually counteract the negative energy that is stirring up all of the trouble. You know we are living in the most important time ever, ever. We, the human race, and our planet is at a crossroad. 
This means that the more positive energy that is put out there, the better off we're all going to be. Now, I've had Howard Martin of HeartMath state some pretty interesting facts that show that we can intentionally connect with this energy field to improve situations around the world. But look what we're doing. We are trying at that point to counteract the negative emotions in play. But wouldn't it be better if we just stopped putting the negative emotions out to this energy field altogether by first monitoring our thoughts so that we don't contribute to it? Wouldn't it be better if we stopped getting sucked up into the atmospheric emotions to begin with? So how do we do that? It's called taking our power back, recognizing the power of our thoughts. It's called constantly monitoring our thoughts to recognize that all of those really weird emotions that crop up must be shifted as soon as you recognize them. We no longer have the luxury of staying in our garbage for an extended period of time. So I've got five action steps that will not only energize the space around you positively, but it will help counteract the negative emotions that are already in place in the atmosphere, in our collective consciousness. As a matter of fact, you already know them, but I just want to remind you that now is the time to be extra vigilant about it. So the first action step is stop judging yourself and stop judging others. Stop the division that separates you from the others. We have talked about this so much because it's true. It's like a power plant exploding negative energy into the atmosphere each and every day. Keep yourself in check on this. Monitor your thoughts, and when those feelings come up, turn them off as soon as you can. Remember, you are allowing your perception of judgment to be sent out to the world. And the only thing that can come back to you is judgment about you. That's right. You will be judged as well. That energy is so negative that it builds up resistance to peaceful living and a peaceful world. Step two, to create a happier, prosperous and abundant world you got to start creating that for you. That means that when you get down, you got to pick yourself back up as soon as you can. Don't get stuck. Keep monitoring your thoughts and feeling. The energy surrounding this planet right now is so intense. You may have already noticed that things are being materialized or manifested at incredible speed. You have to be vigilant about everything you're thinking and when you start feeling something that's not feeling right you gotta look at it don't put it off don't delay it and the sooner that you do this the more good that will continue to flow to you and the world at a much faster speed step three even when there is discouragement and adversity you gotta be positive Know that the best is on its way. I know it gets hard, but you must continue to work at shifting your thoughts. Remember, what you think and feel not only impacts you, it's impacting the world. When adverse situations occur, examine them for the possible good of what could come out of it. There is something greater than ourselves at work. And the infinite intelligence is really trying to shake us up right now and tell us, you've got to change first before the world can change. It's an inside job. When we change, then the world will change. Everything will become more prosperous, more abundant, and much more peaceful. It's going to be a happier way. But it depends on each one of us individually to fill that collective consciousness with this wonderful, incredible, beautiful energy. Now, step four. There's some very simple practices that will help you out dramatically. The first one is stop being rude. 
It's just pouring more negativity into the atmosphere. Let go of the anger at a faster pace. Don't hang on to it. You know, one of my favorite shows, and I'm going to be truthful, is the Housewife series on Bravo. It's such a great learning tool to watch human nature and the ego play out. The desire to destroy another's reputation is huge. It's a great lesson on what not to do in life. As a matter of fact, if you do the exact opposite of what they're doing on the show, you're going to be doing yourself a huge favor. This means to stop plotting against each other just to make yourself safe and secure. It also means to stop the blame game. Take responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, and actions. No one can hurt your feelings but you. It's how you perceive it. But the negative energy that comes from letting yourself get angry over it is exactly the same energy that starts wars. It's really a big deal. Now, the fifth action step is to start doing random acts of kindness. Remember that? When you start doing these tiny little things, you shift immediately from focusing on your own problems to being a service to the world. This is so powerful and it feels so wonderful. So that wonderful feeling that you are experiencing is being thrown up into that atmosphere, thrown up into that energy field, and you are counteracting the negative with feelings of being so worthwhile. You can also start dropping $1 bills in the grocery store. Pay it forward. And even easier, just give a smile to the stranger. You know, there's 1,001 things you can do immediately to shift the energy in your area. And they all are based by being of service to someone. Again, when you shift, the entire planet begins to shift as well. Now, here's what's going to happen almost immediately as you shift and keep on shifting. You will be a nicer person. You will begin to live a stress-free life. Your vibrational energy rises to new levels and absolutely amazing things will start happening for you because you're in that feel-good place. And at the same time it's happening to you, individually, something amazing is happening in the world as well. You are immediately counteracting that negative energy surrounding you and surrounding the planet, bringing more love, peace, and harmony. You know, I've always told you how magnificent you are, and I've always told you how powerful you are. But if there's one thing that I can get through to you, what you do, what you think, what you say, and how you act is a Affecting the collective consciousness. And it's so important to do this right now. It's time to let love, peace, and harmony dominate the energy in the collective consciousness. You and I and the millions of listeners are going to do this. So let's start creating and realize that whatever we do for ourselves, we are doing for the world as well. So now let's talk to Christina because she is stating that no matter what she does, life just does not work. She is a classical example of getting stuck in the muck. And when you get stuck, you go deeper and deeper into the muck. And sometimes it's just impossible to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, welcome, Christina. I am so glad you could join me. And let's see if a lot or many of uh, the audience can identify with what your issues are. And I think they can. <laughs> wow, it's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> There is the common problem when you start talking about the law of attraction, 
people will say, well, wait a minute, I've been doing that and it still doesn't work. And it it breaks my heart because there's still some things that are deep within and sometimes we just have to talk it out to understand what's really going on. So, Christina, I am so glad that you came in, came on to the show tonight. Now, tell me... uh, Give me um, some background. What's what's going on with you? Well, um, I was a teacher for uh, many, many years. Uh, then I quit to go to graduate school. And after I, uh, as I was finishing graduate school, I ran out of savings. I tried to find a job and could not find one. Um, I ended up losing everything. Uh, the only thing that saved me was that I, uh, through a friend, found out about international teaching. So for the last three years, uh, I taught in Qatar and I taught in Vietnam. But my daughter wrote to me and asked me to come home because she was going through some financial difficulties and tough times. So I'm here, uh, and I have been helping her, but I've gone through all my savings And I'm desperate again, and I can't find a job. Okay, so in other words, you flew back home so that you could help her. Yes. Okay. And so now you're getting desperate again, and you can't find a job, and you just don't know what to do. Exactly. Okay, so let me just ask some basic questions. Um, Your daughter is how old? She's... 31. And she's going through some issues right now? Yes. uh, She has been married a couple of times, and both of her husbands were abusive. Uh, So uh, she's been trying to get out of these cycles, but it doesn't seem to be working. Mm -hmm. Uh, When she was getting divorced, her uh, first ex-husband, with whom she had two little girls with, Uh, intimidated her into signing an agreement that gave him full custody. Mm. So she lost custody of her children, basically because she didn't have any money and he had a good job. And even though he was abusive, she thought, well, at least the kids could eat. But right now, uh, we had the girls for the summer, and uh, they uh, told us some terrible stories of psychological and emotional abuse. And uh, a, a therapist that my daughter was seeing for a little while reported it to social services. But uh, social services closed the case because they thought, well, the girls are eating and they seem safe. But he won't let us talk to the girls. We tried writing to them. He won't let them write back to us. So uh, my daughter's heartbroken and feels like nothing ever works out for her either. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where she's at right now. Okay. So now that we know her story and what made you come home to kind of rescue her, uh, now let's get back into you because now you're getting into a desperate phase where you are out of money and you need a job. So what are you – what – before we do that, I want to go back into history a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about your childhood. How was it? Uh, it wasn't very good. Uh, my father worked uh, for a steel company. My mother was a stay-at-home mother. Uh, and uh, she was uh, very unhappily married to him because he was emotionally and psychologically controlling with her uh, and then she got a brain tumor and uh, her personality uh, changed it it was growing in the anger part of her brain mm-hmm. so uh, she at times was uh, very cruel uh, but it was her fault uh, so um I had uh, two brothers and two sisters. I was the second oldest. And my brother being the oldest, 
was like the golden boy, and I was the one who uh, cooked and cleaned and took care of my other siblings. So I was angry and uh, didn't feel very good about myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, your father was on the abusive side by trying to control your mother would you yeah. say that's correct so yeah. that's where the abusive pattern is coming from right okay so then did you turn around and marry an abuser uh i've been married three times <laughs> my uh first marriage was uh in college and uh he was in graduate school uh, I really liked living in the college town we were at and thought I, I got a teaching job there right out of college. But without telling me that he got accepted to Houston Medical School, um, he, we had to move and I had to give up a job I really liked and, and being in the city I was in. Uh, and then I worked in an inner city school in Houston uh, and it was... Uh, uh, high high poverty, and uh, I, I did enjoy the work, but it was very demanding, and he was gone all the time, so I ended up having an affair with a teacher that was there. <clears throat> um, and then uh, I divorced my first husband, and my second husband uh, was the man I had an affair with. Uh, we moved to Idaho, and uh, I didn't see all the things I should have seen. He was an alcoholic, and he uh, liked uh, he liked having affairs with other women. So uh, we were married for 12 years, and I I divorced him and left him because uh, he got he was had an affair with a woman he was working with. Does that sound familiar? With and mm -hmm. uh, she was very wealthy, and uh, we had nothing. But I took my two children, uh, we left and came back to Colorado, stayed with my parents and I got a teaching job. And uh, so I was uh, teaching and single for quite a few years and then when I was about 52, 53, I met a man online and uh, that didn't turn out very well either. Mm -hmm. uh, my family, my son ended up in prison. Uh, and I don't want to talk about that. And my daughter had an eating disorder, and it was it was him. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm seeing. Um, a whole bunch of repeating patterns here. Oh, yeah. I, and it's now, and it's gone to another level now with your children. Right. Um, and that's just part of the DNA, and that's okay. Um, but you can correct that. So let's go on to your current situation, which is your job. Why is it that you feel that you're unable to get a job? I'm not really sure. Um, I am retired. Uh, I retired early so I could get a little bit of money from my retirement every month, but it's not very much. Uh, I'm 62. Uh, I do have a master's degree, but uh, no matter what school district I apply to and all of my qualifications are excellent, I can't seem to find a teaching job. Uh, I don't know what else to do. Well, um, just out of curiosity, is there something else you could do? Maybe start a, a tutoring <laughs> school? Or is there something else that you can look beyond a regular teaching job? Is there perhaps a tutoring school that you could start or start helping um, or or? just tutoring students after work or after school? I could do that. Uh, uh, 
I don't even know how to get started. Uh, I did get my master's in transpersonal psychology, which is like the psychology of people who have like uh, spiritual experiences. Uh huh. Uh, but I, uh, when I was looking for something to do several years ago, I went to uh, different counseling agencies and to get experience working in counseling, and and I couldn't get anything there either. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes I, I, I feel like, what am I supposed to do, God? Uh, obviously, it's not teaching anymore because everything, or maybe, I don't know. It just seems like everything on that path has been closed, shut down, except for the international jobs. And I, I really enjoyed that, but my daughter really wants me home. She feels like... Um, the way you are looking at it now is that after all that schooling that you had, you feel that you cannot go outside of that area. I do have, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you are looking at not having a job as lack. When instead, if you turned it around and said to yourself, well, wait a minute, maybe I am supposed to be starting another direction, and maybe it's time for me at age 62 to look beyond what I was trained in and allow all these new experiences to flow in. It seems like you're kind of rigid in your thoughts as far as profession, because you are good at teaching. You do know how to do it better probably than anybody around. But yet, your calling perhaps is in another direction. So by you focusing in on the lack of it is actually stopping you from going forward and finding that what it is that you're really supposed to be doing. You're you're just kind of closed-minded and just saying nothing else is going to work. When in fact, that's what you need to be doing. The fact that you don't have a job is a good thing. Because it's now giving you the freedom to say, wait a minute. Okay, I need to make money. I need to do something that I enjoy. I know that I'm going to find it. And I'm open and receptive to anything that comes along that's going to kind of be like a, a branch that pulls me to that direction. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So my anxiety uh, about not having money is shutting me off from the flow. Yeah. It's like you're unable to see a whole bunch of other opportunities flowing to you because you're so focused in on this teaching. Right. So, and I know that there's been a whole slew of new opportunities flowing to you, but that you did not feel confident enough to grab them. And was there something about art or something about... There's something about art, um, colors, artistic. I, uh, not that I'm aware of, but if you're saying that, maybe I'm just shutting my off to myself off to uh, a lot of things. Uh, yeah, don't you have some hobbies? Uh, well, <laughs> I do like. Um, I used to do a lot of macrame mm. and uh, wall hangings when I was in college. Uh, that did help me uh, kind of stay present. That's a really good term, isn't it? Helped you to stay present. That's a great opportunity float to you to show you what you need to do to distract you from your lack. 
you know, it just takes a couple of minutes and you build on one minute to the next. The less time that you spend focusing on the lack will allow more time for good to start flowing to you. All right. So So whatever you do, you need to get into your hobby once again and start distracting yourself from the lack. Ah, yes, I can see that. Once you are, once your dominant thought is that I don't have a job, 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 there is no room to come in and to provide you with opportunities. So you have to distract yourself so that you can open yourself up just even a little bit so that something can flow into you. Yeah. I, I can see that. So that would be the number one thing that you need to do, uh, like, immediately. Yeah. Is to, whatever you do, go on a trip, go to the beach, do anything that's going to put you into a better feeling place where you can totally disregard, even if it's reading a book, uh, a love story, or just, you know watching a movie that makes you feel good and gives you hope, you've got to distract yourself. So that's number one on the job front. All right. And and the number two thing on the job front is that you've got to have your eyes open enough and be open to the fact that maybe, just maybe, you're not supposed to teach anymore. Maybe you're supposed to help children in a different way. And maybe that's helping them to get through. Maybe it's helping um, uh, helping those kids to cope. Helping them to... Because actually, I keep on seeing you with a whole bunch of kids. And the reason is, is that... When you help a child, you're actually helping your inner little girl. Right. And it seems like that's what you need to do so that you can go back and release all of your past. Yeah, I, I need to release my past. Yeah, because you, when you're nurturing a child, it's kind of like you're nurturing yourself. Yeah, I love kids. So that may be uh, the reason, and the universe, God, source energy, whatever you want to call it, is absolutely brilliant. Because every time they're putting something in your face and saying, no, you're not going to go there, we want you to go here. And then you are kind of on the stubborn side, and you're saying, no, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to stay here. And they're trying to push you, saying, no, we think that you need to take, at the age of 62, that we need you to go back and re-examine your life and get to the place where you can do the things that you came to this planet to do. Yes. Uh. I believe so. Uh, So it helps then to relax. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, sometimes it's just doggone hard to relax. That's why you need that distraction. Right. And be open to whatever, whatever comes up. Yeah, you have a spiritual belief, I can, right? Yes. Yes. So, all throughout your life, everything is worked out in one way or another. Yes. You've always had food on the table. You always found a way to survive. Yeah. Even during the dire moments. Yeah. Okay. So, this time you know that everything is going to work out perfectly. And the more, time, the more that you feel good about this break, 
and opening up your eyes to see another opportunity, the more you can even release. You just know and trust that everything is going to work out perfectly. It has for the last 62 years. There's no reason why it shouldn't continue to do that. You've always had a way when it comes right down nitty-gritty, you've never really gone without food. No. You've never really gone without any of the things that you needed to survive. So that, if you change your thoughts just a little bit, you will allow that trust to start even coming in stronger And once that becomes stronger, then you get into this gratitude place of saying, wow, all of a sudden I am free to do this and I am loving it. And then you start getting happy. Then you start, wow, look at that just came into my life. This is what is really getting me exciting. And that's, you know, you you were a good teacher. You knew what you were doing. But at times... Could you always say that you enjoyed it? No, there were some times it wasn't enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah, and and some of it has to do with the administration of it all and the long hours and Yes, absolutely. So so now you can go beyond that and not get back into it. So I would have to say that where you are right now is such a huge blessing to you. Well, now I can see it because a while ago it wasn't that clear. (laughs) Good. And now you can see that everything is going to work out perfectly as far as your job, as far as your security everything you're just supposed to go in another direction and i think that's wonderful it's it's a wonderful journey and exciting time for you and nothing is going to stop you and and you don't have to make a million dollars right off you just need to survive and then make more and then make more till you're really comfortable and there you go all right i'm you're free i'm with it I'm down with it, Jules. <laughs> Good. I love it. Okay, now let's talk about your daughter because that's really pressing on you. Yes. So tell me, what is your question about your daughter? Uh, is there any way I can help her or should I just let her go on her own way? I, I, she's not happy having no access to her children and she keeps going back to these guys who aren't good for her. Well, she's got to come to the point where she recognizes what she's doing to herself. Right. And she's also got to recognize, as hard as it sounds, that she was the one that signed the papers. Yes. You you know, she's kind of got to take responsibility for what she has created in her life. And she's created a lot of pain. Uh, and, And that's sad, but she's not a victim in this. I know that it's so easy to... And, and to this day, I can I can find myself going backwards. I'm going, look what that person just did to me. Right. It's so easy to get there. But if you stay there, then you're only going to bring more instances of where people are going to be treating you bad. Because you're focusing on being a victim. So if she wants to be free of a victim, she's got to stop thinking that she's a victim. She's got to stop. And once she sees that you are happy, that you're saying, you know, it's up to you whether to be happy or whether you want to be miserable, it's up to you. 
you can't Christina you didn't come into this world to make your daughter happy <laughs> yeah you did she she didn't come into this world to make you happy either right you came here to make yourselves happy and so that burden of making her happy or making her feel safe and secure is not yours it's hers she's the only one that can do it for her. sometimes in relationships and i have a feeling this happened with you and then transferred to her we think that when we first fall in love that person is there because they're going to make me happy right. they're going to make me feel safe secure yeah. they're going to take care of me life is going to be so great and do you see all of the things that i just said was focusing on the exterior instead of the inside of you right so you're depending on something outside of you to make you in, to make you happy and it's impossible it just can't happen they will never ever 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 be able to make you happy it's not how it's supposed to happen right. the only person that can make you happy is you the only person that can make her happy is you and even all of your husbands they wanted you to make them happy yes and it couldn't happen because they had to take responsibility for their own happiness. Right. So once you start looking at the exterior to have you feel better, once you stop that, then you can go inside and wait and say to yourself, okay, now what I've been doing for the last few years has not been working because I'm not happy. Then you can choose that whatever it takes every day you're going to wake up you're going to have a committed determination to be happy every single day once you set that goal you might not always make it 24 hours but you're in the right direction if you can just live your life 70 percent of the time in a feel-good place Wow, there you have the law of attraction working for you. But if you only have a feel-good place of about 5 to 10% of the whole 24 hours, you're staying stuck. I see that. I do. Just open yourself up. So now I want you to tell me what you would like to see happen for you that makes you absolutely feel wonderful tell me what you see happening in a year where do you want to be what do you want to be doing and start dreaming right now I I would love to be doing something that works with young people not teaching but something where uh, I can help them find their way and help them learn to find joy within themselves as well and that this would take me to having a home and and a car because I don't have one and just basic things that you know I, I feel like I deserve like everyone else and I can't make my children happy but it would make me feel good to see them work on themselves too and you're going to influence them dramatically when they see that you are only focusing on your happiness they will get it because they're going to see a dramatic shift in you and when they see it they're going to want to know what what are you doing or what are you taking that's making me feel so <laughs> so that's that's really important you can influence them that way and that's the best way to learn for them to actually ask you what is it that you have I want some of it right well they saw how I made myself miserable it's time they could see that I can make myself happy right so I want to ask now what are your what do you think you can do 
to bring those younger people into your lives what things can you now think of that's popping into your mind that you can be exposed to them just think outside the box here because allow it to come in you got to start dreaming what are some of the possibilities well maybe I have been studying aspects of shamanism and I've been practicing Zen uh, so maybe I can use these uh, as a, a way of reaching out to kids that want alternative uh, prospects for working on themselves. Uh, that's what popped in first. <laughs> okay, that's good. So what are the other things that you could possibly do, dreaming about? Mm. Well, this is a crazy dream, all right? I wanted to, to have a center where uh, people could come in and uh, learn about uh, different aspects of spirituality and have uh, different people who teach shamanism or teach uh, Zen or whatever else there is uh, to anybody who wants to learn, uh, that was just a crazy dream. So it's kind of like a healing center. Right. Okay. So you, what that is saying to you is that your purpose in life is to be of service to people. In your teaching, you've always educated people, but you really weren't of service to make someone feel better. Is right. that correct? Yes. So that's your goal then. That's your dream. Whatever you do in the future, you will have the aim that am I serving this person to feel better and feel happy? If that's what you're doing, then not only are you serving that person you're serving the world throughout the ripple effect so that is what you're supposed to be doing whatever position you land or whatever source of income you create it will be because you are serving others yes I, I love helping people yeah especially young people and you weren't really able to do that. No. With teaching. No. That's changed a lot in 25 years. Okay. So now we know why the law of attraction did not work for you because it did not fulfill a passion with you. The, the teaching did not fulfill the passion within you, which was to serve others. You were simply educating because that was the system. But you really weren't, were not able to make somebody just vibrant, so alive. And that is really what your future is all about. Yeah, I, I have a deep feeling in my heart that you're right. So once you let go of the lack of getting back into the educational system, once you let that go and just say, uh, that's not for me, then you're giving the universe permission to open up and let things start flowing. Got it. But you haven't. Up until right now, you really didn't, well, you were not able to, to let it go because that was kind of your security blanket. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So your security blanket now is you. Yeah. You know that you are safe and secure. You know that you have source energy, this infinite intelligence, really there guiding you now getting you to this point where you realize, oh, yeah, now I see. And now I know where I need to be focusing and putting my energy. 
Yes. Oh, you've been so helpful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. This is great. And I think it, it kind of opens up the eyes for um, the listening audience, too, uh, because I think it's a common occurrence. We just, I don't know, maybe human beings, we just have this tendency to get stuck emotionally. We kind of just need a, a kick to our backside to, to get us out of it and start thinking another way. And you didn't need a kick. You were all ready to go. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome, Christina. Glad I could be of help. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.